Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Connection, the feeling to belong, is a deep human desire. And at present, it feels like we're experiencing a loneliness epidemic. How can we find our tribe? And how can we build and maintain a healthy community? Today's guest, Jillian Richardson, is on a mission to make the world less lonely. She's a connection coach and the founder of The Joylist, a weekly newsletter featuring events in New York City where you can come alone and leave with a friend. And she's also the author of Unlonely Planet, How Healthy Congregations Can Change the World. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Jillian, you say connection is our birthright and it starts from within. And as a coach, you are on a mission to help people learn and believe that they belong. And your own life experience has been very formative and also influenced the path you have chosen. Can you share with us some of your background, how you grew up in this very dysfunctional system that we're all kind of pressed into, which we call normal and how you healed from it? Mm, totally. Well, so not surprisingly, as someone who studies connection and belonging, I did not feel connection and belonging growing up. Like, why do you study something and get obsessed with it? It's because it doesn't come naturally. It's not what you know. Uh, and so for me, of course, like everyone's parents, my parents were passed the lessons from their parents. They did the best they could with the tools that they had. And I was taught like a lot of people, you know, anger isn't acceptable. Sadness isn't acceptable. I've got to be the classic high achieving good girl. Like that's the model I was given. I grew up in a very competitive atmosphere in a pretty uh, high income town. So, you know, like, oh, there's only three spots at Yale. Who's going to get the spots? Like schedule filled from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, like panic attacks, all the things. I was like over exercising. I was under eating. I was anorexic for like seven years of my life. So I was, I was disconnected from my body. I was disconnected from my emotions. I was disconnected from my family. And I didn't have a sense of spirituality. So like all of these pieces, the older I get, the more I realize just how kind of connection sparse my life really was and how I didn't, I couldn't identify the feeling of lonely. And so instead the feeling was kind of not enough. And so let me perform more, achieve more, way less, and then I'll be 
Okay. Nats. So I really understand where people come from when they come to me and they're like, you know, they have this sense of shame that they don't feel connected when, like you said, we're set up to feel disconnected from ourselves and other people. Yes, absolutely. And then how did you actually heal? Was there an aha moment? And um, what were the steps you took towards healing yourself and that disconnection? I think for me, the aha moment was being in a space that was created so people could feel really connected in many ways. And for me, that was this thing called Camp Grounded, which was a digital detox summer camp for adults. So no phones, no substances, kind of like Burning Man, you use a fake name instead of your real name. And I was lucky enough, I'd gone to it the first time right after I graduated college. It was like one of my first experiences as a quote unquote, like adult in the world. And I just saw like these adults who they, it was like they were connecting with their little kid inside of themselves, like silly open, playful, like literally playing, like, when do you see adults playing games with each other? Like such a rare thing. And that's what this whole weekend was. And I realized like, wow, I don't think I've ever met an adult who's acted in this way before. Like I've never seen an adult who feels comfortable in their skin to be silly and playful and do it sober. And I realized like, these are the people I want to be around. This is the kind of woman I want to step into being as someone who's just comfortable and curious and playful, like these qualities that connect to belonging that we so lose. Beautiful. And the one thing is to heal as an individual from this disconnect, from this loneliness. Your book is titled Unlonely Planet, How Healthy Congregations can change the world. Could you elaborate a bit on that? I love this title, by the way. Thank you. So one of the hardest things about writing a book is thinking, well, how will this be different than all of the other books about this topic, other than that it's written by me? And so what I decided to focus on is community outside of organized religion, because Mm -hmm. so many people, especially young people, are dropping out of organized religion and not really replacing it with anything else. And so I kind of figured, well, let's think about all the things that organized religion can give us and like really healthy, tight-knit communities can give us. And how can we kind of patchwork quilt it together for ourselves? And so that's the phrase, like a healthy congregation. How do we do that for ourselves? I love it. That's wonderful. And, you know, I, I truly believe that so many of the ills we're suffering individually and also as a human family from stem from the this from the feeling of not belonging because the the need to be heard seen and held is okay. so such a fundamental thing of this what we call the human condition and to be cut yeah. off from that can bring out the worst in us and can bring out the worst in a society um yeah. there's there's some interesting uh numbers like such as that the average american hasn't made a new friend in five years. Why is that? And how can we change? Well, what I've seen the most, especially with coaching clients is just this assumption we carry around. And I feel like it's something we carry around since middle school is that, you know, everyone already has their friends. They already have their groups made. I'm the only one who needs new friends. So I'm not going to ask anyone to spend time with me also because that feels so vulnerable. Like what Mm -hmm. if there, I feel like it's so interesting that we talk about rejection and romance a lot, at least like in kind of 
you know, self-improvement land and being okay with romantic rejection, but friendship rejection can feel almost worse. Cause it's like, I think there's this unspoken hierarchy that romantic relationships are the top and you can only have one in, in a monogamous relationship. And then friends, you could arguably have as many as you want. So what does it say about me? If someone doesn't want to be my friend, like I'm like, I'm this smelly kid. I'm terrible. Nobody likes me. Well, like in reality, you can't, there's a cap on how many friends you can have as well. And like, there's chemistry and friendship, just like in romance, but people take it so hard. And so then they never reach out to connect. Right. And you know, that's, that's actually something, this, this pain that you feel when you get rejected by a potential new friend, Yeah, something that resonates really deeply with me. I grew up in a diplomatic household. So ever since I was born eight weeks old, we moved from one country or even one continent to the next. Wow. Meaning as a child and also as a, you know, young girl and teenager, I had to every three to four years kind of, uh, you know, find myself a new tribe. Yeah. yeah. And I have this particular memory. I think I was four years old. We just to move from uh, Sierra Leone to New Delhi in India. And I was at Whoa. the playground and there was a little boy and he wanted to play with me. And then there was another little girl. And I think she was kind of the queen bee of the kindergarten. And she yeah, kind of yeah. told the little boy that he couldn't play with. Me. And it's interesting how we hang on to these memories. And I remember yeah. it was so devastating. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. And I mean, I'm sure that that has also influenced me later on in my grown-up life, you know? So it's, yeah. it's being welcomed by a tribe. This validation can be so important that sometimes we may forget that the validation, the feeling of belonging the most important one is the feeling of connecting with ourselves and that's yeah. something so important to learn and maybe it's related to actually the next question i have for you i'm curious what you have to say uh, why do we so often feel lonely even if we're around i think about this a lot and especially in connection with myself and what i've seen is i really think it's a spiritual hunger that people have like Last week, for example, I was feeling really out of sorts and I'd like, I'd spent time with people. I'd been with like romantic partners and I was like, I've, I've had social time yet I'm feeling kind of funky. And then I did a workout and I like do this style of workout called the class. That's like a very basic white woman workout. It's like, it's like working out with meditation and sound and all this stuff. And at the end of it, I just totally cried. And I was like, ah, oh, like I needed some sort of release. And like, for me, the best movement is when I just like, I'm feeling retapped into my body. Ah, oh, that's what I've been missing. I've been so headspace. I haven't dropped into heart and body space. And like as a New Yorker, especially, it can be like difficult to remember this like zoom, like go down below my neck. <laughs> that is excellent advice. And I think, you know, so often we just need a state change, you know, we're feeling kind of disconnected, lonely, sad. And for me, I also found the best way to do it is just get back in touch body. And we can do that in any, it can be breath, it can be jumping jacks, it can be by exercise, like you just said. I think that's just such such beautiful advice and it can make life so much easier. Um, mm -hmm. There's something, Jillian, I also hear, especially from uh, uh, people that are uh, a little bit older than myself or older generations, and they say, often say that, Oh, it's so much harder to form friendships, you know, mm -hmm. after a certain age. Uh, is is that actually true? And if so, 
why? I mean, I mean, I feel like if there's a sentence to summarize how adults feel about friendship, because that's the thing I'll ask at the start of talks is like, when you think of making friendship as an adult, like what pops up? And pretty much everyone says it's harder to make friends as an adult. Like that's the thing. Um, and I think it is true because when you think about school and college, you're all in the same place. Mm. You all have the same goals. Like you're getting your degree or like you're you're in a commune growing up or whatever, like these spaces you might be in. Adulthood isn't set up usually for us to be in community with each other. And so, yeah, it takes intentionality and time and energy because you're probably not living next door to your friends and you're not within, you might not even be within walking distance of your friends. And especially for people who are parents, who have kids, it's really difficult to find time, get schedules aligned. I hear a lot from parents that they wish people who didn't have kids could understand like how difficult it is for them to make plans. Like there's a schism between people without kids and people with kids on, on making friends. Um, but I think it's just the time scarcity element is the biggest thing. Very, very good point, Jillian. Are mm-hmm. there good tactics to make new friends as an adult? You know, keeping in mind mm-hmm. all of these Mm-hmm. obstacles. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like people have mental blocks. And so oh. the biggest thing to keep in mind is to be like, okay, statistically, I know like the average adult hasn't made a new friend in five years. I know that most people statistically speaking are lonely. So mm-hmm. by me being brave and reaching out to this person, I'm doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. Like I'm being brave and giving them a gift. And even if they don't have the availability to hang out, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means they don't have the space. And like, that's okay. So mm-hmm. I really feel like it's the biggest thing. I love that. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful way of reframing, you know, our fear of, oh, I don't want to bother someone. And instead of like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing a beautiful thing here. Uh, and, and also, I think when we engage in that kind of uh, invitation to connect, we also give other people the permission to do it themselves when they see like, oh, (laughs) there's actually another adult who's interested in spending time with me as a friend. Oh, I can also do that. Why don't I reach out to other Mm -hmm. people? That's that's actually really beautiful. Um, So especially in our uh, day and times and and many, many people are moving, you know, to new places, reassessing their lives, especially after these past two years, we've all been through. uh, What are some tips to instantly find your people, find your tribe when you move to a completely new place? Mm -hmm. So my biggest tip is to like one, think about what kind of person you want to be. Like, do you want to be more mindful? Do you want to meditate more? Do you want to take better care of your body? Do you want to surround yourself with more women? Like whatever kind of person you want to step into being and think, okay, where do those people hang out? Like, is it the meditation dojo in my town? Like the Buddhist community center? Is there a women only gym? Is there a circle for fathers? Like whatever that thing is. And then to take it a step further, see if you can volunteer at that thing instead of just showing up. Because when you volunteer, one, you meet other people who volunteer. And usually the people who volunteer are the ones who really just want to talk to other people. And you get to talk to the organizer of the event and organizers of events are community hubs. Like they're the people who know all the people. And if you're like, Hey, I'm done setting up the chairs. I just moved into town. Anything else that you recommend I check out? Like you're, you're set. Outstanding. I wouldn't even have thought about that. Right. Volunteer, volunteer, be of service. And Mm -hmm. the 
you know, the gifts will just start pouring in. Right. And so taking this to a whole other level, um, I think it's so important that we also create the kind of communities that we want to see. Uh, Mm -hmm. How can we actually build, create and facilitate communities of our own? Yeah. I think one is to just like notice where there's, where you feel energy around wanting to talk about something more. So for example, I posted on Instagram last week uh, about this thing I've noticed of how men in my community always date younger women. This will sound like a total tangent, but it is going somewhere. Um, And then I was like, wow, I really feel this sense of grief that like when I'm 40, the men I know who are 40 wouldn't date me or maybe even be friends with me. And like, that's messed up. And so many people, more people than anything I've ever posted responded to this, like men and women giving their, their thoughts. I just moved into a new apartment recently and I have an office space where I was like, I want to have coaching clients here and I want to host people. So my background is blurred because I've got a ton of folding chairs behind me right now. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, I'll host a women's circle. I will have a conversation about this in person. So yesterday I hosted like 14 women in my house and we just had a big group and small group conversation and all the women went out afterwards and they got drinks together and they exchanged phone numbers. And it's like, just noticing where do you kind of have some juice around something you want to do? Chances are, especially if you put it out there on social media, be like, I want to talk about this thing. I want to explore this thing. You know, people who want to do it as well. Right. To just become open and also show your, you know, your, your emotional landscape, your vulnerability. And oftentimes mm-hmm. we're surprised about how many people actually resonate and want to connect with us. Over yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're also the founder of The Joy List, which is a yes. newsletter with a mission of making New York City and eventually the world a less lonely place. I love that. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. What is it that powers your passion? Why have you dedicated your life to help to alleviate and reduce loneliness? I mean, that's a great question. It feels like the easiest way to create change, I guess, of being like, it's so easy for me, at least to talk to someone and be like, oh, you want to meet artists like that would make a huge difference for you. You chase your passions. You feel a sense of belonging. Here are places you can go because so many people don't have the mental space the energy. They don't know where to look. They'll go to one event that sucks and then never go to an event again. And so I'm just like, it seems to be a gift of mine to maintain curiosity about the social scene in New York. I'm like, cool. I'll just let people know where they can go, especially things that I've been to myself or things hosted by people I know. Because people who lean more anxious they don't want to show up at something where they don't know anything about it. And so I I help people feel more comfortable. And from there, it's like, I'll never know the whole impact that this newsletter has had. Mm -hmm. But from the the few things I have heard, it's just like people finding their romantic partners, people finding business partners, new communities, like it makes such a difference. It does. And I believe from the bottom of my heart that a connected world is a better world. And especially, you know, in this uh, day and age to be able to facilitate connect, you know, in, in a 
in a world where we just feel so disconnected and where there's so much divisiveness, I think that is such a beautiful thing you're doing, Jillian. Thank uh, so you. Thank you for your work, um, you know, and uh, there's a question I'd like to ask you with regard to your practice and yeah. something you would share with us that has helped elevate you mentally, physically and or spiritually. Oh, my God. So many things. Um, <laughs> love a tool. But mm -hmm. I'll say the one that people probably wouldn't have heard before is I'm in a weekly group with a group of friends that we call formation group. We've been doing it every week for two years. We're transitioning into our third year now. It's a group of 10 of us and we, we meditate, we listen to music, we journal, we talk about what's up in our lives. And I think just the practice of it is saying to a group of people, like you matter to me. I want to practice being in deep relationship with other people. Like how can we commit to each other? Like that's a scary thing to talk about. And that's a scary thing to ask, but like the gift of checking in with the same group of people every week for a period of years, it's like a magic. I just can't even put into words. That's wonderful. I love that idea. That really Thank moved you. something in my heart also to look into this and maybe do something similar here. Totally. Uh, Jillian, for people who'd Yay. like to learn more about you, um, mm -hmm. I mean, they can read your wonderful book, Unlonely Planet. Uh, they can connect with your newsletter, the Joy newsletter, but where else can they reach you and connect with you? So my website is thatjillian.com. Mm -hmm. And then I am that Jillian on everything. So like on Twitter, <laughs> on Instagram, I got, I got the handle locked down. So that's the easiest place to find me. Super. Jillian, it was such a pleasure to talk with you, to connect with you. I hope we get to connect in real life too next time I'm in Yeah. Love your energy. And thank you again for everything you're doing. And thank you for being a guest on the Superhumanized podcast today. Thank you for having me. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution.